K-Bubs, this is Cal Dodd. You're now listening to Geek Vibes Live. Well, you heard the man, the myth, the legend, Cal Dodd. This is Geek Vibes Live, coming to you every Saturday over here on Blog Talk Radio, where we talk about uh, fun stuff, movies, uh, comic book-related things, and, you know, sometimes break down uh, the star system and uh, different type of planets and orbits. We don't really do any of that. But if Neil deGrasse Tyson ever wanted to come on the show, I'd talk about anything with him is all I'm trying to say. But anyways, uh, we actually have a guest tonight. Uh, so I just want to bring him on here. This is a uh, guest of the show that has been on here many times, and we enjoy always having him on here. Uh, he is an actor, director, entertainer, and overall badass. Mr. Was Good, Ooh. how are you doing, man? Yo, yo, what up, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me on the show again. I was just trying, trying to plug in my headset. Sorry for all the, the jumble. And uh, I'm there. I'm locked in. Just cracking, fellas. <laughs> No problem, man. I think the last time we talked specifically, me and you, I was drunk in Boston for St. Patty's Day. Oh, yeah. And I kind oh, yeah. of, like, that was, uh, came on. Very strong. <laughs> that was great, man. You were good. Yeah, you know, I, I do what I can. You were good, And man. Uh, that was kind of, yeah, I, I hope that you're, you know, you're, you're doing good, man, because it sounds like it. Um, you know, you got a project with Kevin Hart. Uh, you know, working with him yes. on his uh, Laugh Out Loud network. Can you let me know a little yes, bit about sir. that? I know it's social media and uh, helping comedy or comedians, so I'm very entertained oh, yeah, by that man. concept. So what, what, uh, what Kevin's doing, he's kind of like bridging the gap uh, for, I guess, uh, digital, 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 wow, I'm sorry. He's creating a platform for He's creating a platform for, uh, you know, social media stars to uh, live on the same network as, as mainstream. So he's kind of bridging the gap between traditional traditional and digital. Um, and it's kind of like a, a Netflix or Hulu for, for, you know, like a one-stop shop for comedy, you know. You come there to laugh. And uh, so he's, he's invested a lot of money and put money behind us to create our own shows, um, our own short features, because he, he's partnered with Lionsgate, so it's, him and Lionsgate that have put this project together. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be a part of the project and, you know, to be considered someone worthy to be on a platform such as this. Uh, you know, we, we had a launch party, I think, last week or the week before, and he, he pulled me to the side. He's like, Wes, listen, man, I want to fuck with you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you know, like when people say that, you know, I, I just kind of like sometimes try to breathe it over, but he like really like, you know, he, he pulled me back. He's like, no, I'm serious. You know, I think you're funny as hell. Um, and I know you'd be on that Japan shit. Let's create something. You got an eye. And I'm like, damn, you're like, he's being genuine. He's being serious. And, you know, I've already done stuff with him. But, like, for him to pull me aside and just have this one-on-one, you know, told me that, like, yo, he's serious about it. And so it's really about bringing my A-game on this platform along with all the other creators that are on it. So, Well, that's yeah. amazing, man. That sounds dope as shit, and especially, like, the fact that you're working who, with who you're working with, and he gave you those props. That's got to mean a yeah. lot. And uh, I love the concept itself from when you explain it. You know, it's it seems like you're just trying to help out comics. And I'm someone that's yeah. always kind of borderline thought about going into that type of realm because I'm a, I've been a musician, mm-hmm. I've been an actor, I've even written stuff, but it it scares the crap out of me with uh, that. But it's it's a great outlet, though, it seems, to really yeah. be able to, like you said, 
get yourself out there more. And that's awesome that Kevin Hart is, is doing that. Like he's exactly. a, he's an I amazing mean, having, comedian having a and a very amazing entertainer. Yeah. Having that cosign is, is definitely major. It gives me like another boost of energy. You know, just when you're, you know, like climbing that ladder of success, these, these accomplishments are stepping stones to get you to the next level. So, you know, I, like I'm happy that this, you know, like just meeting, you know, working with him doesn't stop that, that desire to, you want more, you know what I mean? So the fire's still there, and it's like, all right, you know, like it's still time to prove myself, even though Kev's like, yo, like I love your stuff, you know? Okay, well, like I gotta keep doing it. So yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I had the privilege of speaking about some of my favorite com- comics. I got the privilege of seeing Dave Chappelle not too long ago, and he had a funny oh, skit no. about about uh, uh, what you call Kevin Hart, and just taking his son to the the uh, the concert and how he's freaking out, and he was like. You know, I do stand-up comedy too, right? Like, but he just loved Kevin Hart and <laughs> yeah. stuff. So it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. That man is intelligent. You know, it's it's fun, it's funny you say Dave Chappelle. My my boy, uh, his name's Wax. He's a big music artist, and uh, he told me one day Dave Chappelle just came over to his house, and they were there to you know he's there to smoke, and he just starts doing pull-ups right in the middle of his living room, and I'm like, yo, that's funny as shit. So like out here in Hollywood, just everything. You know, all these people are just random, and they're just normal, just like you and I. It's just like just seeing them in these scenarios is always just funny. So, yeah, man. I, I would right. love to, so to hang out with Dave Chappelle. And um, yeah, I, absolutely. I heard that you know you directed a a flick, man, uh, Ding Dong Ditch. Do you want to let me know about that? Oh uh, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, so Ding Dong Ditch. I partnered with uh, I partnered with Lakeshore Entertainment. I partner with Lakeshore Entertainment. They do like movies like Underworld, and they do what do they do? They do Underworld, they do Asia Adeline, and they uh, you know they've a million dollar baby. So they do huge movies, and because of my yeah. social media, they've uh, they hit me up. And this is a relationship I've been building for like over two years. But they hit me up, and they uh, they wanted to partner with partner with me on like a short film. So I asked them, I was like, you know, like they asked me if they had any digital shorts, and I was like, yeah, I got. I have a few shorts. Let me know what you think about these. And, uh, yeah, we ended up doing it, partnering, and it went out on Crypt TV. Hopefully it, get li- it gets licensed through Lionsgate, but right now it's a, it's just an online piece. That's awesome, dude. You guys and, get to uh, see it? Did you guys get you know, to see, you guys see it at all? No, I, I will definitely check it out, though. That sounds uh, amazing. Give me a little run-through of what it's about. Uh, well, Ding Dong Ditch is about uh, three kids that's pranking, pranking an old woman in the neighborhood. Uh, this other guy is a joke. I wanted to do Ding Dong Ditch. It was something I did when I was a kid, but I thought the joke and the Instagram video would be funny. Oh, and it was like kids, uh, you know, Ding Dong Ditch and, and getting caught in dildos. And then uh, that was the original idea. And then... <laughs> They came back and they're like, "Yo, that's funny, but could you make it more serious?" So that's when I, you know, I really turned up and you know really developed it out a lot more. Um, so yeah, it's about three kids that go to this disgruntled old woman's house. They heard rumors about her, you know, kidnapping people before, and they're just like, "No, fuck it, let's just do it." And what she ends up doing is she ends up putting a poisonous thumbtack on the door, and uh, one of the kids gets caught, and she wakes up and ninety-nine will kill her, and one will save her life. And end it there. That's awesome. So is this 
to uh, maybe uh, I don't know if I'm getting this wrong. Is this like comedic or is this kind of horror or is it kind of like no, bending no, this is, the whole this is a, this is a it's a thriller. It's a thriller. Thriller. So I, well, you know, I, I know took, it kind of yeah, took the comedy out and went more serious. Did you like um what was it uh Don't Breathe? That movie about yeah, the blind so it's, uh, it's, veteran. It's actually, it's, yeah, it's actually kind of like Don't Breathe mixed with Saw. You know, you got a, you got oh, an ending awesome. of Saw, and then uh, yeah. The look, it actually has the look of Don't Breathe. So I watched a ton of thrillers building up to, you know, being able to direct that piece. That sounds gnarly, man. That sounds awesome. Well, heck yeah. yeah um, what, what movies have you caught? What, what movies have you caught lately? What's good? Cut or watch lately? Um, I pretty much watched yeah. everything. I think the last one, the last one I really watched was, uh, I'm trying to think, what did I just now see uh, that I liked? Oh, you know what? I watched Kidnapped. I watched Holly Berry's Kidnapped. I didn't really like it too much. I was like, uh, you know, I feel like Holly, Holly's always like in those roles where she's like trying to get out of something. And it just, I don't know if you guys seen, I don't want to ruin it for you, but I was, I was particularly mad with her chasing the person that kidnapped her kid and her car not going over 60 miles an hour. And I was like, yo, like, <laughs> and like every time she got back in the car, she'd like slam on the gas and show the speedometer and it, it would never go over six. I'm like, this car's weak. So that was me, though. Well, I'll, I'll uh, be sure not to watch that one. That sucks because, dude, <laughs> I really used to love Halle Berry as an actress, and now it's like she's on the phone for 911 with someone that's in the trunk of a car, and she's got to save them. Yeah. Or Like, it's too bad, you she's know. Like, she's in, she's, in, she's know. in the same type of role, you know? She's getting tight cast, yeah. Yeah, she's tight cast now. He's still bad, though. Yeah, it's, <laughs> almost, like, it's almost like death in a way. Oh, no, yeah, you can't yeah. take that away at all. I mean, she still looks like she's 30, you know. Yeah, I don't even know how old she is, but she is a beautiful woman. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think of another but, one that I saw recently that I thought was good. I saw Spider-Man Homecoming. I thought that was heat. How'd you like it? I loved it. I, I mean, I actually liked it a lot. Uh, there were some things I didn't like. But for the most part, I really liked it. You know, I thought it was—I thought it was like it did—it did it justice. What? What, what did, did you? Yeah, like? I thought. What didn't I like? Um, yeah. Uh, let me think real quick. What didn't I like about it? Uh, I, you know what? I can't even remember what I didn't like right now. Oh, you know what I didn't like? There was a there was a twist in the movie that I have in the show of mine. Um, where Peter Parker goes to the house and he sees that the dad is the dad is the girl's dad, uh, Vulture. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, it killed me because I just wrote that in one of my shows. I didn't expect that to come. But a lot of my a lot of my friends are in in these movies, so like, you know, sometimes I get to see the previses of the movie. So I I like what they're doing. And there wasn't much I didn't like about that Spider Man. I don't think. I thought it was a little bit. I thought it was really realistic. I felt like I felt the emotion of him being a kid for the first time out of all the Spider Men. Like, you know, it was supposed to be Andrew Garfield. I felt like he had just had too much swag. He wasn't. He wasn't as awkward. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't as immature. Um, I'm glad they didn't go through the origin story. Um, Me too. I still like the. Uh, you know, yeah. I still like the Sam Raimi ones. I, I watched Sam Raimi ones again last night. I watched. It's so weird. I watched Spider Man two last night, and. uh, I didn't like it. I thought I did, I thought I was gonna be like, "Yo, I can't wait to watch Spider Man," but it was like, it was cheesy. 
It didn't yeah. hold up. Oh, my God. It, it, yeah, you watch it back now. Like, there's a lot of, like, snap zooms and just, like, kind of, like, really corny moments. And I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that. Cause, but because I liked those movies back then. I liked one and well, I liked two. I didn't like you know three. You know why that is, You said what? Though. You know why that is, though. Why? Uh, it's The reason being is because you watched it back in the day when you were a kid. And, you know, and, and back in, yeah. like, this is what my husband calls, like, if a movie doesn't age well. Like, I love 10 Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger back in the day. I thought that was, like, mm-hmm. the funniest movie ever. Because it was relatable. Yeah. I liked it. Now I watch mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, holy crap, this is a pile of shit. And, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunate. It, you look at well, and it's also, it's growing up and maturing and, you know, but it's also a lot of these movies, you know, have gotten so better, it, so much better quality and content and comic book movies are becoming so much better and they're legitimate they're now. Expected and, and they're expected yeah. to be good. They're expected to be good. But you know, you know what does hold up? Ninja Turtles 1. That one still holds up to me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, I watched it not too long ago on, on Hulu. That one still oh, that holds up, and like they, they tried to, they tried to do it, they tried to do that night. Like the, it, it makes me so mad on the latest one. Like that, that last scene with Shredder should have been at night, like they did in Ninja Turtles one, and they made it in a day twice. And I'm just like, you know what, you guys missed the mark on this. You missed the mark. Oh, you you remember all right. the movies? He's, he's an older All guy. the movies that spawned from that. Yep. You gotta think about like Shredder. Shredder's an old man. He's he's gotta go to bed. Like he he goes to the yeah. you know the Bob <laughs> early bird special, and he just, and then he gets his meal, and then and then Caitlin, he goes and he watches Jeopardy and goes to bed. What? Yeah, man. that's a very very true point. I said you're very true. I I agree with you. Yeah. I, well, I'm um, old, so I I know how this works. I just described we're 31. We're, we're we're not old. We're just dying at a very slow, you know, speed. So, so sorry to get morbid, guys, but I mean it's true. So, Wes, I had a question. Yes. What's up? You being you being their end director, um, how hard mm-hmm. is it for you to watch movies, knowing the business? Do you are you still able to watch movies as a fan, or yeah, do you no, watch it, it knowing how, the business? How I could. How I can tell a movie's good is when I can't remember to look at shots, you know? Like, if I'm yeah, there, like, if a, movie, if a movie's, like, terrible, like, I watched, oh, man, I watched Transformers, and I was, like, I should have known what I was getting myself into, but I was really mad with myself. So I just started Kinda. watching all the shots, all the CG, and just everything else Michael Bay was doing. And um, it was just, like, it was, like, I was, like, damn, man, like, I can't even get into this film, so I'm just going to study it and just see what they're doing, how they're moving the camera. So that's, you know, like, if you're able to snap me out of that, like, the story isn't good, like, that's that's how I can tell. You that's know? funny so because I'm, we were talking about Michael Bay before, this, <laughs> before we started. We, like, we, we have, like, 15 minutes on the phone, and, uh, and, and we were talking about Michael Bay and uh, mm-hmm. about how he, like, really good, serious, like, works, but... By you know, by and large, he does a lot of like really shitty, like high profit, high CGI, yeah. like zero, zero McDonald's, content. McDonald's, you know. He he yeah no yeah, he doesn't like, like, I think he's, I think, make, he's I think, making fast I, food. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's making fast food. He doesn't care. Like, the dialogue's always going to be cheesy. It's going to be, like, it's going to have those lines that you're just like, nobody says that, you know? <laughs> and that's, nobody ever, nobody's ever going to say that. No no one endorses you know? Budweiser randomly in a movie, like, picks it out, grabs it, and does a commercial and cuts it in the friggin' middle of the movie. No one does that. Yeah, but, except yeah, for your right. Transformers so and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, they hire him for yeah, the explosions and those big, massive scenes. I love, I love the product placement. I always look for that because, like, I'm oh really interested in marketing. Oh, it'll be, it, it won't even be slick. It'll just be right it. in your I face. Just, I just think it's funny. It's yep. so funny. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like, I every just, time yeah. I see it, I'm just like, oh, I know who's paying your bills. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Man. Oh, yeah. But you know, I you know what I did. What I did like, I like Baby Driver. Edgar Wright. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It was incredible. Yes. That was a great film. It's like Edgar Wright though. Edgar Wright makes movies like Scott Pilgrim, where you hear about it yeah. and you're like, "What is this?" And then you go and see it and you're like, "Holy crap! That was mind blowing yeah. and ridiculous." Like, too bad. Yeah. I would have loved to see his Ant Man. You know, I would have loved to see his. I Ant-Man. know. It would have been very interesting. I know. I heard I, I want to ask has not watched it. I want to ask you guys this. After seeing Baby Driver, I could be uh-huh. possibly the only one who thinks this. I had the same feel for Baby Driver that I did for um Sorry. trying to remember the name of that movie. Uh Dan Drive. Help me out. It was, Jer- Drive. It was Jeremy Piven. Um oh. Smoking Aces. There we go. Oh, Smoking Aces. Um, I could I Baby could see Driver, that. Baby Driver to me um, was like smoking aces to where I only wanted one of those films. I don't want like a part two. Uh, did you guys kind of get that same feel, especially with it coming out that Baby Driver will be doing like another one of those? Did you kind of feel at the end of that movie like you should just leave it alone? Don't kind of try to mess yes. this, this great movie out with like a part two? Uh, do I, do I want them to leave it alone? Yes. Do I think they're going to do that? No. If they f- figure out a way to franchise it, it depends on how much money it makes, honestly, at this point. Right. But, and it depends on if Edgar Wright wants to do that. Were you going to say yeah, what? I, I, I feel like Edgar Wright's the type that would be like, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to move on to something different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how he'd be. I, I don't know. I've just been following his Instagram and, you know, everything that he's doing. Like, he's doing the whole promo tour run. But I feel like he's, he's the type of person that's like, all right, did it, now I'm ready to move on to something else. So there's no Scott Pilgrim 2 coming out, is there? If I'm correct me if I'm no. wrong. Yeah. No. No. Like yeah. Yeah, but I mean, sucks too. I think great movies like that, you should just leave it alone at that. But, I mean, studios, yeah. you know, they see the reception that it gets, and they're like, well, let's see what we can do with a part two with, you know, a bigger budget and, you know, a, a, a more more action and stuff like that. But to me, Baby Driver was so perfect, just like Smoking Aces. Just leave it alone yeah. at that. Don't try to taint yeah. that by making a part two. That probably Not everything needs to be franchised. The first one was. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, yeah. the whole the whole franchise movement, I really I really blame on on Marvel. Franchises existed well before Marvel, but like this this idea that you can create a franchise and then when that dies off, like we're gonna get a fast and furious shared universe, right? Exactly. You can then make a shared universe out of it. Like Transformers is doing that now with Bumblebee. Fast and the Furious is gonna be doing that with The Rock and Jason Statham. Just like everything doesn't need a shared universe. Like, yeah. If if your franchise is starting to die off, just create a new one. Don't use the same exact universe, but just like 
separating it from the main story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they adapt. Well, I agree. I well, feel, well I once again, I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had you for 20 minutes, right, man? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. I'm sorry for the, do we, do we well, have anything else? Do you guys want to touch on anything else? No, we just wanted to kind of catch up with you. We just don't want to, we wanted to, yeah, go ahead, Dane. Well, I was like, I was like, if if you got to go, we don't want to hold you up for sure, man. We know that you're a busy man. (laughs) No, man, I appreciate it, guys. You know, like, I always enjoy talking to you guys. And like, you know, if we could set up again, I would love to be on the show. I got a new show coming soon. I cannot wait to share with you guys. Uh, I'm in the process of bringing it someplace, uh, that I think, you know, I I just feel like, you know, we don't have any black superheroes right now besides, you know, Black Lightning, which personally looks terrible. Um, who, who else do we have? We have, oh, Luke Cage. Okay, let, let me just, I just got to tell Black you Panther. one more thing. Black Panther is the dopest out of everyone, but everything else is is weak. Like, they should, I don't feel like well, they should have done Black Lightning. I think they should have went to, I think they should have done Static Shock. Um, Absolutely. Well, that's the whole thing. Do you agree that DC didn't exploit when when Dwayne McDuffie unfortunately passed away and DC was Uh able to get all the characters of his universe that he made, like Icon and Rocket? I mean, they used them in Young Uh Justice's background characters, try to do something with with Static, but never really, they never utilized them. And I I feel like those characters are strong enough to be able to get in the movies very easily. Oh, yeah. Big time, man. You know, they just need to. All the milestone characters. Yeah, they just need someone that has like, you know, that I think it's someone that has forward thinking, you know, and is not as yeah. not scared to take a risk, you know. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of politics behind it. People just you know tiptoe tiptoe on the line. Absolutely. I mean, with, with Jeff with Jeff Johns being like the Kevin Feige of like all of the DC world. He does the television stuff and now the movies. I think he has his ear uh, to the ground. I think he knows that we want static shock. And I I've told, he knows, I told but like, does, the guys does, does he have the does he have the does he have the juice though? You know what I mean? Like he I, Kevin Kevin he's got he has forward thinking. He knows what's up and he's like you know, he's one with the material. I don't feel like it's the same same way over there. You know I'm gonna say well, that I think there's I think there's a reason why the age um, of Black Lightning's two daughters is somewhat, um, you know, kind of like somewhat of a gap between uh, between the two of them. I do believe that down the line, one of them will date a Virgil who turns out to be Static Shock, um, someone who begins to, you know, become really close to their father and something yeah. happens in the Black Lightning story that makes him Static Shock. I do think with DC creating the streaming service, Static Shock is a possibility to get a standalone show. But it all depends yeah. on we how well Black Lightning screw the, Absolutely. But screw, screw the Flash for Rick Famuyiwa. Him, he should be working on Static in a movie. And I think that he would do an incredible yeah. job. Wait, you know, they, just wait, based on pick a director for the new Flash? Did they already pick up a new director for the new Flash? There, there's been so many no, rumors right now. The what's his name? Uh, the guy who did um, Forrest Gump and um, the uh, Back to the Future trilogy, uh, Zermakis. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he's rumored to be in contention, but I don't know. I was very excited when Rick Famuyiwa was uh, doing that movie, and I was kind of disappointed when he uh, jumped off the project. But yeah, yeah, not tell you. 
any politics, man. Like what I what I hear from my friends that work that work at Marvel and DC is like, if you're gonna work there, you have to be willing to be, you know, kind of like a puppet. You have to just like, all right, this is what you want to do. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. This is what we're gonna do. You know what I mean? You have to be able to play that game. And uh, they want it a specific way. So I feel like if I was in that position, I'd try. If, if my mindset is like I would do what they want, but it also I just do the cooler version of what they want, you know? Because there's always a way to make something cool, you know? Just do the just do the dope version of what they want. This is what you want for me. I'm gonna give it to you. But it's better like this, you know? But it's exactly what you asked for, you know? So. That's just how I feel. And I feel like that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's my goal, to do those films and, you know, like, really just stay stay grounded with the community and seeing what, seeing what it is that they're looking for and where they want the story arcs to go. What I, what I think is they need to make, they need to make Young Justice. That's what I think. Oh, into a TV show? Nah. Well, you know that they're doing... Well, um... it, could, it could be into a TV show. It's just live action. I know they're doing season three. But I, I want to see, like, a live-action version of that. You know, after we're done with... Well, they're doing you know, like uh, Teen Titans. As a feature? Yeah, on the same on the same DC network, they're they're doing Young Justice 3. They're doing... Uh, they just released Who's Going to Play Raven. She's a young girl that's, like, 15. So they're going... I think they're going for, like, a Stranger Things, but it's, it's Greg Berlanti who did all the CW shows. He's the main producer. But it's going to be uh, Robin or uh, Dick Grayson... Uh, Raven, Starfire, and Beast Boy to start off the the show. Oh, nice. More of like a younger kid vibe. Nice, nice. Should be interesting. Well, I didn't know about that. Yeah, exactly. I hope it. I hope it. I hope they. You know, they serve justice. You know, young justice. Absolutely. Young justice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, guys, man, I appreciate you guys taking the time to to talk with me and you know having me on the show and. I got a big announcement coming soon once everything is fully solidified, and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. All right, well, do me a favor. Good. Once you have that announcement to make, definitely come on our show and let us know what's up, man. We always enjoy having you on. I appreciate it. I will. I will, guys. All right, buddy. All right. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, have a good night, all right? All right, talk soon. Bye. Peace out, man. All right, well, that was was good. It's always great talking to him. Um, really cool dude, doing a lot of stuff in the entertainment industry, and we always enjoy having him on. And I'm really looking forward to his uh, special announcement. Juwan, what do you think his uh, announcement is going to be? Do you have any guesses? Do you think he's going to, like, um, read Peacocks or something? <laughs> no, I don't think he's reading Peacocks. Um, but I do know I it's going to be epic. I do know it's going to be um, a lot of fun. Because everything he does, is, it, t- it turns into gold. It's, it's always um, well-executed, hilarious. Uh, the things that he needs to be serious is very serious, very uh, uh, well-rounded. And he's very centered, driven. So I can't wait to see what it is. Yes, he's very driven, very, very, very driven. And he's funny as shit. I enjoy always having him on. But, um, yeah, definitely check out what he was talking about, guys. We have uh, him doing, like I said, his uh, project, the network uh, with Kevin Hart, the Laugh Out Loud Network. If you're a uh, stand-up comedian out there, definitely check that out. And he also directed uh, Ding Dong Ditch. I'm going to check that out once we get done with the show. And uh, we've got a bunch of topics to go over. If you guys want to join us and uh, ask a question, call 929-477-3781. Press 1, and we'll get you in here to ask a question. I appreciate all the listeners. Um, I also want to officially introduce my two co-hosts, obviously. Uh, First of all, he is 
a part of Geek Vibes because he kind of founded it. So we have no choice but to keep on going with them. It's Jawan. How you doing, Jawan? Um, I felt better four minutes before you gave that opening to me. Um, no, <laughs> a little degrading. Uh, just a little bit, a little bit. Um, what's going on, everyone? I'm ready to break down these topics. And again, thank you to Wes. All right, and she is the Ice Queen of Alaska, destroying bears and, and just uh, killing vampires like uh, Josh Hartnett once did. <laughs> it is Caitlin. How are you doing tonight, Caitlin? Um, I'm really good. I'm taking a break from uh, bear and vampire killing to sit and talk with you all. It, it's a nice break. I, it, it's a lot of cardio, so I, I needed a break. <laughs> Have, have really you ever had to take out much. possibly a vampire like riding a polar bear? Have you had ever do that combo, or is it usually just one or the other in Alaska? It's usually one or the other, but I have seen a vampire pol- uh, a vampire polar bear, like like a hybrid. <laughs> and That's it was, it was terrible. The scary thing about hybrids is apparently over uh, up there. Grizzly bears and polar bears are actually breeding and making what they call pizzlies, and they're ferocious like a grizzly bear, but the size of a polar bear. Like that's just that's yeah. like a great white shark on on land. Just I'm I'm sorry, I don't want to like say what I was about to say because animal rights would get. Uh... Anyways, how are you guys doing out there? Uh, we got a lot of topic and news to go about. Um, so we're going to go over our topics first, a little bit of a discussion between the three of us. If you want to join the conversation, like I said, you got the number. Do your thing. All right. First one. Dane. Uh, this is something that we're going to – what's up? What's up, Juan? Before we jump right in, um, since we don't have the show tomorrow, just everyone listening, tomorrow is Joel's birthday. He is not here because I'm sure he is shit-faced somewhere enjoying his birthday weekend. So um, just definitely wanted to make sure we shouted out happy birthday to Joel. And also I wanted to tell you guys – I wanted to tell you before the show started, but my reception is horrible here – um, I actually got Cal Dodd to call Joel and wish him a happy birthday in the Wolverine. What? Yeah, so Cal oh, Dodd oh. called him and wished him a happy birthday. So um, I just wanted, again, happy birthday, Joel. That oh, is awesome, God. dude. Oh, happy birthday, cool. Joel. Happy jo- birthday, Joel. I I love Cal. He's such a nice guy. He's an such amazing such a guy. Good dude. Yeah, he, it was really, really, really nice of him to uh, to do that for me. Um, so, you know, like I said, I didn't mean to stop the flow, Dan. I'm sorry. Joel, you still no. suck, but happy birthday. Actually, that's what I saw. You know, I thought we were going to say anything because we don't like Joel anymore, but I'm, I'm glad that you got through that. <laughs> and now we wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Joel. Just don't get herpes. All right, anyways, <laughs> what am I saying? Um, all right, so we tried to get into this last week, but uh, unfortunately we were we were just talking a lot and we got through a lot of stuff, and this is something we decided to save for this week. It's a topic and a question that has been asked many a times. Does box office success define how good a movie is? Okay, so there is the question. I'm going to answer last because I'm controlling this and I can do that. Juwan, what do you think about this subject opening up for it? Um, well, this is a subject we all thought was, like, really, really, really important to break down because a lot of people hit us with numbers, but numbers don't actually define whether or not a movie is good. Uh, example, we just brought up Transformers. I would like to say, in my honest opinion, after the third one, the rest of those movies were just complete garbage. 
Um, even maybe the second and the third one. The first one was gold. The second and the third one and moving forward were just really bad. But they were great box office numbers because they're going to be. It's explosions. It's cars. Um, a lot of kids see it. They want to go, you know, go to the theater. The parents take them. The parents enjoy them. So they make a lot of money. But it does not mean it was a good movie because it made a lot. I'll flip it. Movies that do not make a lot of money. For example, Edge of Tomorrow did really bad in the, bo- in the, you know, in the box office. But they made up with the numbers uh, from DVD sales. But that movie was really good. It's just they marketed it uh, horribly. A lot of people horribly. had no idea what it was actually about. Um, so a lot of people were like, I don't want to go see this. It, just, it looks confusing. But when you actually sit down and, and watch it, it's a really good movie. Tom Cruise and what's her name? Emily Blunt are really great in that movie. Um, but you wouldn't have known that if you had just went by the box office because their numbers were really crappy in the box office. So, I mean, the reason why this is an important topic is because a lot of people will go, well, I heard it did bad in the box office. So I don't really have any interest in seeing it. That is like the most asinine thing you could ever, ever say. Now, if you saw the trailer and you go, I don't have any interest, that's different. But if you're going purely off of the box office, that could be very, very, very misleading. So that's why I thought it was like really important that we touched on that there is a difference between a successful box office and a movie actually being good or bad. Absolutely, and like you know, taste uh, in art itself is is whatever a person's opinion. You know, it's 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 different from each person. But at the at the same time, what you're talking about. I just love that a lot of times the people that go, oh, screw the rating on Rotten Tomatoes, look how much money it made, and then they base it off of how much money it made. Like, to me, money isn't accumulated into uh, arts, isn't accumulated into overall quality. Um, you know, a lot of people are under the impression, they'll, if they try to act like they know what they're talking about, they'll talk about smaller movie like, say, Nightcrawler that came out. That was an incredible movie, crazy. J- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal should have been nominated for uh, Best Actor, but that's another story. But they'll, they'll see that, and they'll say, oh, that movie didn't make that much money. And it's like, well, that's because his budget was $4 million. Mo- movies that you're thinking of have the budget of $150 million. So technically even these movies, these indie movies that win Oscars, that people poo-poo because they just didn't make a bunch of money compared to what they're used to um, – they just sidelined them, and it's like actually some of them are more more of the brilliant films that come out that year. You know, like a like a um, I don't know, um, can't remember the name of the movie, but Michael Keaton where they exposed the uh, the Catholic Church back in the the nineties uh, in Boston. Yeah, I know but what just stuff about. like that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, uh, th- that type of level yeah. of, of great, incredible films that don't make a lot of money, but they make enough money to be able to you know, based off of their budget. And people think that you need to make, you know, uh, over a billion dollars on each film to be successful, and that's not the case. People think that every Marvel film has made over a billion dollars, and, you know, not using in a negative way about them, but just being, you know, serious, there's only been, I think, four that have succeeded a billion dollars. And that's fine. Money, like, people say that, like, BVS was a failure, and it was at, like, almost $800 million. Like, it's just it, – that doesn't really define anything to me. It's the quality of the movie that's more important. Caitlin, how do you feel? Um, you know, I'm, I'm on the same uh, boat as you all where I, I really feel like 
you know, that and, and critics and, and, I mean, like, critics actually are, are probably more telling than numbers, you know. Numbers, numbers can be definitive, but not all the time. You can, like, I learned this in a, in a uh, criminal statistics course. You can alter statistics or numbers to, to suit your, I guess, your, um, your agenda, like, like say you have a city and they say, oh, well, murder has risen by 100%. It's an epidemic. We're all in trouble. And you see that on its face value and you're like, oh, my God, everybody's just killing everybody. It's the purge. No, it's not. It's, it's within that area you've had instead of one murder, you've had two. It has risen by 100%. But when you look in the context of the actual whole numbers, it, it's only risen by one murder granted murder not being ideal in the first place it's it's not the epidemic that it's made out to be so in the same vein you know numbers are not always the holy grail um actually you know neil degrasse tyson you mentioned him earlier he he had a really good point about this in a in a commencement speech is that you know he would be more inclined to hire somebody that had that put forth more work and used critical thinking as opposed to just having the answer because they were told the answer. You know that that's the um, it, it's really cool. It's on Goalcast. If, if you ever get a chance, I'll, I'll throw it on our Facebook. It's really really cool analogy, um, and and it's the difference between thinking critically or just going just blindly by the numbers. You know, and just being like, okay, well, it box office you know, however, you know, billions of dollars, um, you know, it must be good. No, it just means it's popular, um, which, you know, can sometimes translate into it was a good movie. Like, look at Wonder Woman. It box office tons of money, and it was a good movie. Um, doesn't mean you get, you know, a bunch of indie films that get no love. You know, uh, my, my cousin works in indie films, and, and he makes really, really good movies. Um, I'm a little biased, but... I think he, he's a hell of an actor. His name's Kyle Hester. Give him a check out, Kyle Hester on Twitter. But um, but the thing about that is, is that it's indie. You know, they don't have the startup capital. They rely on GoFundMe's and stuff like that and word of mouth and free advertising. And that's where the difference is going to be. So. I know, and that's, that's the thing, is that you can, you know, w- with indie movies and stuff like that, and Oscar, Oscar bait films, what they call them a lot of times, glasshouse films, if you will, you know, some of these movies are the most creative and intelligent movies, like Interoptu's uh, Birdman, you know, that was, I've never seen a movie like that, and I love stuff like that, and a lot of them, they, they don't get made for that much money, and they don't really, you know, they, they, they serve their purpose for, you know, getting the money back for what it took to make the film, and, you know, getting some type of income, but it's not these – there's no way you can tell me that the amount of money that you put into something makes the quality of the movie better. That is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Before I move on, does anyone have, anyone, or anyone have anything else to say about this uh, closing? Juwan? I think we covered everything. Yeah. Okay, well – and if that's the case, let's move on. Um, the next topic that we're about to talk about is uh, Defenders comes out next weekend. Uh, it starts. Yay! We finally get to see all the characters that have been developing together between Jessica Jones, Daredevil, um, 
uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, hopefully, possibly maybe a little little bit of Punisher in there against Sigourney Weaver uh, as a, I think she's still a mystery role. I'm not 100% sure who she is from the comic books. And then obviously Elektra and the, and the uh, whatchamacallit, the, the hand. So this from the trailers looks absolutely incredible. It's great to see all the characters finally interacting together, to see Iron Fist, for a lot of us comic fans, to see Iron Fist and Luke Cage together on screen. And I just hope that they fill in a lot of stuff. I have a lot of hopes for that. So let's start off with that concept of what are you hoping to see with the Defenders? Like, what's your main thing that you would like to see happen throughout the course of this series? Juwan. Um... Because this, this, the Defenders is a shorter season than the uh, the other solo shows, so they're looking to knock out a lot um, in the earlier episodes. So I mean, I, I'm really interested in seeing um, Electra in her actual Electra costume. Uh, we saw the promo art with uh, her in the distance, where you saw her in complete red with the um, what are those? Not daggers. What the hell do you call those things? I don't know what you call Size. those things, but the the weapons. Yes, there you go. Yes, um, the vintage uh, size that Electra has. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm really excited to see how the team, how the team forms together. Um, we saw how the Avengers was kind of just thrusted together by by Nick Fury, um, and then you know Iron Man began to become the leader through the you know the duration of the the Avenger films and the solo films. Uh, we had more time to kind of see how they they gelled. But um, in this, with it being like eight episodes, I believe it is, um, I'm just really interested in seeing if, you know, them taking on the hand, if that's enough to just make them fully gel, or is there a loss that comes through this this story arc that really makes them have to come together? Um, With the Avengers, it was um, Clark Gregg's character. Can't remember his name. Shit, what was his name in the show? I mean, in the movie. Um, crap. I have no idea what his name was, but it was his death Agent that Coulson. kind of brought that team. Agent Colson, thank you. Uh, Colson's death that really brought them together. Um, so I'm wondering, and I'm really curious if the defenders will suffer a loss, um, like that that makes them just go, you know what? We all have to put egos aside. We have to make sure we stop uh, the hand or whoever. Um, before they completely take over all of New York City. So, I mean, I'm really excited to see them meshing together because it's like strength and then actual hand-to-hand combat. You know, with Daredevil and Iron Fist, that's literal uh, hand-to-hand combat. Then you just have Luke Cage and Jessica Jones who are just powerful as shit. Um, So it's going to be really fun to see how that meshes together and a little bit of stick in the background. Um, so that's definitely going to be fun. So I'm just really curious to see if a major death is what connects them and forces them to put egos aside. Well, you said the name. If, if For me, if it would be anyone, probably stick. Um, who knows, though, but that would make a lot of sense to have that type of uh, concept I mean, there. Uh, I would even – go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, well, I was going to say basically like a red herring, if you will, for the story – very similar to what Avengers do. Maybe they won't do that at all, but I could see Stick dying out of any any. I was gonna to make. I was gonna go out on on a limb and say um, Claire. Only reason I'm saying Claire, and I know that's a huge name that no one wants to actually be to death. The only reason I'm saying her is she is the only connective tissue with each and every one of the shows. 
So you're an evil person. Died, it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Hear me yeah, out, though. Hear me out. Hear me out. Holy if shit. she died, it'd have a direct impact on Daredevil because of their actual short relationship. It'd completely devastate Luke Cage. Um, Iron Fist has grown to, to you know, um, become friends with her. And I think she had, like, a very small run-in with Jessica Jones helping her save Luke Cage um, when she thought he was going to die. So she's had a run-in with each and every one of them in a positive way to where if she died, they'd go, listen – She'd want us to to put our our, our pettiness to to the side and come together to save this city. Like, Foggy wouldn't make sense. Stick wouldn't make sense because Stick is only important to Daredevil. Um, They could kill Foggy. Anyone would have to go. No, no, no. They could kill Foggy, but what would that have to do with Jessica Jones? Like, Jessica Jones wouldn't go, oh, my God, Foggy? We have to put our our differences aside. Like, no, she'd be like, I I don't care. Uh, Claire... I got to admit you on, though. Yeah, you're right. When it happened to Coulson, I loved Agent Coulson, but when it happened in the movie, I was like, wait, why did they care about him that much? I mean, he was was cool, and he kind of talked to him a couple times, but they were, like, you know, very into it. I kind of, in a way, hope they don't do that just because they already did it in Avengers. I kind of hope they figure out their own way to make it so that they work together. But I do agree that they're going to have problems beforehand that hinder them mm. from being a unit, uh, but something will happen that will have to cause them together. I'm just someone dying. It just seems kind of used already, obviously it's for the cliche, other huge yeah, team. It's cliche. The only reason why I thought of it is because they shortened the season, so we don't have a full out 13 episodes to kind of dive into them being a holes and then something, you know. The, the city coming under A-holes. attack and then them right and then them going all right well we have to band together so since they shortened the season I just assumed what would connect them would yeah. be something catastrophic yeah. that would affect all of them for them to put that shit aside that's the only reason why I said that but I, I understand your point it's cliche it's it's been there done that maybe uh, what's her name Karen will finally eat, eat a bullet or something I don't know uh, hey, how did you feel me about and you it, are Caitlin? both hoping for that bro. I know, man. A lot of people like her, and I like her performance. I can't stand her character. She's annoying. Um, but, uh, Caitlin, what are you looking to see when it comes to this Defenders miniseries? I I hate you for saying that Karen Page is annoying. <laughs> um, That's what she sounds like. I, I, I like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm a big Daredevil fan, and I consider Karen Page to be the love of his life. Like that's that's the love of his life. But and when he died in the but comics, but Caitlin like, in the comics, she gets addicted to heroin and then tells Kingpin his identity. And she's probably the worst thing that oh, happens to him in the comics. I never like a good person. Like I, I just said oh, that she's well. like, I like no, no, no. Like, like morally speaking, like she's like she she screwed up a lot. Like she screwed up yeah. so much. Um, I, I think it was an interesting look at the power of like like drug addiction and um and, and they really really explored that to to a very in, in just interesting and artistic and, and real degree. Um it and if nobody's ever, you know, out there listening, if you haven't had a chance to look at it, it's uh it's Mark Millar and and it's uh Daredevil. Incredible rebirth. Re- it's rebirth, yeah, and it was absolutely just 
heart-wrenching and just beautifully done. And um, not Mark Millar, Frank, Frank Miller. I'm, I'm an yeah, idiot. it was Frank I'm Miller. <laughs> I, I did yeah. it too. No, no, I'm so I'm so tired. Um, so anyway, I just, like I said, I've been fighting bears all day. It's like so exhausting, um, and, and you don't even get paid for it. Like anyway, not at all. Um, so yeah, back on topic. Sorry, I didn't mean to divert. You know how ADHD <laughs> I am. But um, so the defenders in general, defenders. I am so freaking excited, and I made a pact with my husband. Because we've watched all of these shows together, like all the Netflix shows, we've watched them all together. Um, we didn't like Iron Fist, and it wasn't because of cultural appropriation or whatever, because he's always been white, so get over it. Um, it, it was just that that show was just not good. It, it just sucked. Um, you know, no offense to Finn Jones, like I just I just think it was just poorly done. Um, so um, I would say my top, my God, it's so hard to, like, categorize, like, my favorites. I know what my least favorite is, but um, I love Jessica Jones. I posted on her Facebook um, this really cool um, trailer for Jessica Jones back in the day um, when it was just her standalone show, and it was Thousand Eyes by Mice and Men. Uh, in the background, and it's like, I was just really beautifully, cinematically done. Um, I love Jessica Jones. I love her. Brian Michael Bendis, I'm a huge fangirl of his. I, I love his work. He's an amazing writer. Um, I don't think they could have gotten anybody better to to pin her. Like, she was just awesome in the comic books. And she, she started out, you know, the Max series, like, like as far as, like, cussing and, and all that other, you know, gratuitous violence and all that other fun stuff. So then... Alias, um, man. So I was, alias. Alias is just an amazing series. Um, so then you got Daredevil. And Dare, I'm a huge Daredevil fan. I love Hell... I would go live in Hell's Kitchen. Like, I mean, aside from, like, the rampant crime that apparently happens there, like, on the day-to-day, like, it looks like a fun place to live. Um, but uh, anyway... <laughs> It just, it, it's just a really well done, sh- you know, series of shows, um, except for Iron Fist. And so to see them all come together, and, and like Juwan said, like, it, and like you said, Dane, like, they did that in the Avengers, like, you know, I guess Colson was kind of the weak-ass, like, you know, link between them. But Claire, now, you want to talk about screwing with people's emotions. You kill her off, people are going to flip their shit. Like, they are going to flip there because she has so much more of an emotional connection than Coulson ever did in, in the Avengers. Like, Coulson brought them all together, and, and, I mean, I guess he was, like, kind of, like, you know, a recruiter, so to speak. But Claire, like, it, I almost think that, that that is the only common trend between all of them, except for the fact that they probably all have the same enemy now um, in Sigourney Weaver. So it might just be like, hey, this bitch is evil. Like, let's all take her down together. Maybe that's that's what it is. Like, that's the commonality between them. That's what they need to do is, like, they have an enemy to focus on, so they'll work together. Um, you know, you might not even have to have the catalyst of Claire dying or, or anybody dying. Um, I don't want Karen Page to die because, you know... I, 
honestly, with Daredevil, that that dude never gets a happy ending, like ever. It's so sad. Oh, he can get with Electra. Book, he, yeah, yeah get with Electra. She's a psychopath. Like that's I'm gonna like, say love. Yeah, but the people I'm who are like, this. oh, Joker and Harley Quinn are so cute together. No, that's an abusive relationship. That is like that is not something I want my daughter to see. And and I'm not even like being like super duper like, you know, feminazi or anything about it. It's just that like she was his therapist and and that breaks all sorts of ethical rules of like patient therapist like confidentiality and like relationship boundaries. But and oh, then yeah. he drove her crazy and then is like controlling her. And like See, this sounds like true love to me. I don't know. I I I I, I, I mean, like it's such an unhealthy relationship and you see all these little girls and like grown ass women who are like like posting pictures of you know Joker and Harley Quinn like, man, I wish I had a relationship. Juwan, it, it like sounds that. like it sounds like Alberto Del Rio and Paige, like their their crazy relationship. Yes, but it, anyway, it sounds worse just than to break that. you guys off for but a no. second, I've been trying to get yeah, Kanan yeah, yeah. on here. Because he called in, so okay. I want to join him and have him join our wonderful group on this conversation. Kanan, how's it going, man? You're it's good. going good. I'm uh, I'm glad to join in the conversation, and uh, sorry that I uh, did not get to call in earlier, but uh, still got an hour to get your shit together. To talk Kanan. stuff with y'all. Hey, man, I'm busy, dude. Yeah. I'm making stuff happen. <laughs> No, you Kanan, are you are you are you finding someone and trying to like get rid of the body or some shit right now? Yes. Uh, for, Why are you for answering him more than Jawad? Are you helping him? Uh, all right, Kanan, no, no, no. question. How are, <laughs> are you, are you, how are you looking forward to the, the, the Defender series? What do you want to see from it? I just want to see uh, a well to, you know, well put together show. And I think we're going to see that because we've, uh, you know, the Marvel shows so far, other you know, I, I feel like the first three, uh, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and uh, Jessica Jones were fine. I didn't care for Iron Fist, but uh, I think it's going to be good. And I, I'm really, I'm really going, I'm really looking forward to Sigourney Weaver because, as you know, as the director and as they've uh, uh, categorized her as just like this utter badass. And I mean, from the trailer, and it just, I mean, she just comes off like even a little bit more menacing than Kingpin, and. uh I just uh I think it I think it's going to be really good. I I've, I've hyped it up on the on the Twitter page and uh I next next Friday I'm going to be binge watching every episode. I'm you know, I'm pretty I just can't wait to see the interactions between the two. I think you're going to have the dynamics between Jessica Jones and Daredevil and then you're going to have Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Uh, it's just going to be it's good. And I can't wait for the infamous Marvel Netflix hallway scenes that y'all know I'm a fan of. So I cannot wait for that. <laughs> but I will say this, though. Yeah, and I will say this, though. Some of the stuff that's come out uh, today about Punisher has me very hyped for that. So I'm trying to not be hyped more for one or the other. So I'm glad that they're coming out at different times. You know, you get a chance to fully watch Defenders and get past that before Punisher comes out. But man, Marvel Netflix, I think, is fixing to explode. So I cannot wait to, uh, I cannot wait. It's going to be two good series. I can't wait to watch them. 
Yeah, and actually, look, yeah, that brings me to a question sense. about what I was going to go into. There's a little short answer, okay, from, for, from all of you guys. Do you think Punisher, Frank Castle, will make an appearance within the Defenders to kind of set him up for the next thing, or are they not going to touch him at all? Juwan, what do you think? He will be in there. Cameo style. All right, uh, Caitlin, what do you think? I think he'll have a very minuscule cameo. And uh, Cannon, same thing with you. Uh, I think he's mentioned uh, there's maybe a possibility they show him in a flashback, but I don't think we actually see him in the show making any type of presence. No saves the day type of concept. No, I think this is going to be – yeah, I think this is going to be defenders only. I don't think they need him. I think they have enough. uh, So I think he's mentioned or even, you know, made aware of, but I don't think they show him. I hope Juwan's right, but I see – I could see it going the way that, you know, we're thinking of it. Um, But who knows? I can't wait to see defenders. Uh, Is there anything else that we should talk about with the subject, guys, like anything that you definitely don't want to see or something like that, Juwan? Uh, here, yes. uh, if I may, I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead, Juan. Okay. No, all right. I, I, have a, I have a question for you all, okay? Um, okay. My husband, my husband works on the slope, okay? Um, for those who don't know, the slope is basically the north slope, which is near the Arctic Circle. And it's where, um, you know, and so if you work on the slope, you work like a, you know, uh, two on, two off. Two weeks on, two weeks off is what my husband works. So he goes up to these oil fields up on the north slope, way in the Arctic, big oil fields, okay? And um, he goes and he does his job, and then he comes back home for two weeks, okay? So because of that, when Defenders comes out, he will be on the slope. All right. <laughs> I know where you're going. Our, our agreement is that we do not watch these shows without each other, okay? So we have watched all of them together. And now it is – now it's crunch time, and now it's Defenders, and it's all of them together. And is it grounds for divorce if I watch it without him? Well, no. Or would I, mean, I, would I be in, able to like, Caitlin, watch Caitlin, with him Kate, on the phone? Caitlin, um, what, what he doesn't know won't hurt him. I mean, that's the worst probable, possible answer that well, I'll probably give you, but that's what I think. Uh, well, I mean, what, do you, what do you have to say? <laughs> the, the nicer way to go about it, Caitlin, would be just tell him it's part of what you have to do for Geek Vibes. Like, we're going to talk about it Saturday, and you're going to have to be the only one that has, that has a kind of, like, be on the outside of it. Cause that is a good excuse. It. That's better than what I said. Well, and see, he's actually okay. been, he's very supportive. I love you, honey. Um, he's very supportive because when I wanted to, like, I had to go, I didn't have to, but, I mean, I, to be informed, I went to go see Spider-Man Homecoming and when it came out. And, and I was like, oh, I know you wanted to see that, you know, with me and Abby, like, you wanted to go with us. And and he was like, no, no, you, you know, if you need to write about it, need to discuss it or whatever, go on without me. Like, no big deal. And he went to go see Rogue One without me with Abby. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. This, this is this is going to be one of those, like, crossroads in a marriage where the, the decision is it makes a lasting impact on the whole marriage. Duh, duh, duh. 
I'm just kidding. We're we're not we're not crazy. We 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 would never divorce over a TV show, but so just so everybody's clear. I, like, I did actually. My last two divorces have been over TV shows. It's a horrible uh, thing. Uh, all right, any closing statements that anyone wants to say about Defenders before we go on to the next news subject, or first, I should say, oh, you want? Yeah, no. Uh, last thing I just wanted to say was um, I wanted to disagree with Caitlin. Um, well, Karen thanks. has to go. Karen has to go so Daredevil can be with Elektra. Same Dane as Felicity has to go so we can see Oliver with the new uh, uh, Black Canary. Sorry, I Dina, man. really have a thing for I have a thing well, for comic he, relationships. You want to know so. that's, no, that's what that's. This is brings me to an interesting point. Why do you hate women? <laughs> that's a good point. Juwan, why do you? We've been asking that for a long time. Kanan. Besides the whole hating women concept with Juwan that we know is true, do you have any closing statements about Defenders? <laughs> well, just one uh, follow-up to what Caitlin said. I would never wait for anything. Uh, it's my significant other. I would never wait for them. If I want to see it, I'm going to see it. I ain't got time to mess around and wait on nobody. So you watch that show and you enjoy it. And two, yeah! uh, no, everything that, everything, yeah, everything that I said – before about it, uh, just extremely hyped. Uh, I think it's going to be huge. I I even really think it could be bigger than Avengers. Please don't criticize me, but I think it's I think it's going to be huge, man. I'm I, criticizing I'm, I'm really you. Serious. Yeah, I know you well, will. I'm criticizing you right now. And uh, anyways, let's move on to some news topics, guys. We had a couple things that happened this week in the news for comic book films. All right, the first one I'd like to go over is Riz Riz Ahmed who was in the Night Of television show. He was also in Nightcrawler, and he was in Rogue One. Uh, great actor. He has a mystery role in Venom. Now, it's been confirmed that he's not playing Carnage, and there's actually also another rumor that came out a couple days ago that Matt Smith, um, who is one of the doctors from Doctor Who, who's been in a bunch of movies, might be playing Cletus Cassidy within this movie. How would you like that as a casting if the rumor's true? And who do you think Riz Ahmed could be playing in Tom Hardy's Venom movie? Juwan, you first. Um, I think it'll be a friend of of uh, Tom Hardy's Venom. I don't think it'll be anything um, too drastic. I mean, there's not that many more characters uh, in a Venom Carnage movie that you could add that would have significance, uh, like a villain or anything. And we know it's not really going to have any heroes like a Spider-Man type in it or anything like that. Um, Matt Smith is carnage. Uh, you know you know, I wanted the guy from Dexter, so, I mean, I'd, I, I don't really necessarily want that, but he's a phenomenal actor, so I'd be fine with it. As uh, soon as Boss Logic drops, like, an edit of it, I'd, I'd be fine with it. I'm sure I'd fall in love with the <laughs> idea. Um, but, yeah, I, I think his character is going to be like a – a friend kind of role to um to Tom Hardy. Um but I never thought he was gonna be Carnage when, when that whole fake news came out. I was just like it it doesn't doesn't fit to me. It just really doesn't. Uh no, it doesn't kinda seems Yeah, it, it didn't fit to me at all. I mean I personally wanted Michael C. Hall but we have to kinda realize it's probably never gonna happen. Um or Cameron Monaghan. That's also never yeah. gonna happen. So Whatever, but yeah, I see his character being more of a friend to um, Tom Hardy. Kind of like the Tinkerer was to Michael Keaton's character. 
uh, kind of something like a, a role similar to that, I'd say. Tinkerer. That always sounds like a thing that you'd find in a uh, shop that sells stuff for uh, adult-style things. Anyways, uh, Kanan, um, same question, basically. Who do you think maybe Riz Ahmed is playing in the Venom movie, and how do you like the idea if the rumor is true about Matt Smith playing Carnage? Well, I've seen a couple sources that say uh, Riz is going to play Carnage. I know there's conflicting reports, but uh, a couple people said that he's definitely he definitely auditioned for it and that he was playing Venom. I mean, not Venom, but playing Carnage. Um, I, if he's not, then, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, Matt Smith, I think, uh, fits the mold a little bit better. Uh, as you know, as far as the comic book, uh, Cletus Cassidy, uh, but I think Riz could do a you know a great uh, performance. So uh, I I think he's playing Carnage, but if Matt Smith is, then I mean you can't go wrong there. I think he has the look, I think he has the acting ability, and that I think him and uh, Tom Hardy would would play well off of each other. Um, I'm trying to find like the report saying that he that it was confirmed. I think it's right here, and I need to keep on reading, but uh, Caitlin, same question. Matt Smith is Carnage. I, I found out in the same article that apparently Narcos and Kingsman 2 star Pedro Pascal, who is also in Game of Thrones, is rumored, and so is Belgian actor Matthias uh, Sachan Eretz. Uh, I really butchered the shit out of that. Who was in Rust and Bone. Never heard of him. Uh, but either way, Matt Smith is Carnage, and who do you think Riz Ahmed might be playing within the Venom movie? Uh, Matt Smith um, as Carnage, you know, I don't know when it when it comes to that. Like, I love Tom Hardy. Um, I I like Venom. I have a mug of Venom. Um, like, I mean, I I think he's a cool character. I'm excited for the movie. Um, can I speculate on who this dude's gonna be? Not really. Um, I, I don't think it's gonna be Carnage. I think it's gonna be I think Matt Smith is gonna be Carnage, but um Matt Smith he's the dude from Doctor Who, yes. Kinda yes. people can blog yes. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, no, like I mean I think he could yeah, he's a good actor. I'm I'm not gonna say he's a bad actor. Um and and famously like a lot of, of Doctor Who actors, um, I mean Take uh, David Tennant, for example, um, you know, have bridged over into, like, comic book or, or other kind of sci-fi concepts and stuff um, because, of, you know, the, the real house is where they live. So, honestly, like, I, I'm going to be, like, kind of like, meh, you know, like, I'm excited for the movie, but I'm, like, also, I, I want to see some stuff first um, and, and before I make any, rake like, judgment calls, like, I'm excited enough that Tom Hardy is is in it. Like that's that was it for me. I was like, all right, color me like eight bucks later. I'm good. Like I'll I'll be there. I'll go see it. Because um, I'm just like an unrepentant Tom Hardy fan. So. Well, it makes sense. I think a yeah. lot of people are clinging to that. But basically, I, I think for a lot of people, when they heard about this movie possibly not being connected, and it's gone back and forth a bunch, and who knows what's going to happen afterwards, but not being connected to the Tom Holland Spider-Man, I think a lot of us got back on board when we found out that Tom Hardy was playing Venom. Um, as for, to yeah. me, with the Matt Smith rumor, 
Um, I like the idea personally. I think he could do a great job as Carnage. Riz Ahmed, you know, I just the reason why I don't think it's Riz Ahmed, and it's because who Cletus Cassidy is. Cletus Cassidy is a hick, redneck piece of shit. You know, I I, I don't know if he's white supremacist, but I'm I'm assuming he is. He's he's uh, from the south. I mean, his name is Cletus Cassidy. So hey, if you really hey, want to put that on someone you're else, from the south doesn't mean you're a racist, buddy. Um, I live in the South, and I, I, and it's, it kind of goes both ways on that aspect. But I'm just saying, when you're a serial-killing murderer who's from the South and you say horrible stuff, that usually kind of can coincide with that. Oh, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. That, that, that makes you a racist, yeah. Like, no, like, if if you're a serial killer, I mean, it, that just makes you a bad person in general. But I think I think Obviously, we don't want to associate with them. I yeah. really have no idea. I'm looking at all these side characters of Spider-Man. I have no idea who Riz Ahmed could be, uh, possibly. Maybe he'll pull out some role. Maybe it's like what you said, Juwan, that it's probably going to be a side character. And if that's the case, great. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out when the movie comes out. But let's move on to the next subject. Um, all right, so we've all seen these two pictures of Josh Brolin as Cable that were released finally to The Hollywood Reporter this last week. Uh, what does everyone think about them, uh, the face shot and the body shot? Juwan, were you excited about what he looks like? Absolutely. Um, it was one of those things to where I was like, when they casted him, I was like, phenomenal actor to get as Cable. I just don't know how he's going to look as Cable. Um, so I didn't really have any issue with the whole casting. Uh, like I just said about Mike Smith, I said, once Boss Logic drops like a photo of Josh Brolin as Cable, just for me, because um, when the actual photos come out, they don't usually look that different than what he creates. So once he did it, um, like an edit of him, I was like, okay, I, I kind of see where they're going with it. It's along the same lines of what Brad Pitt would have looked like if he were casted. Um, he obviously wasn't going to be that brolic um, like Cable was in the comics. It'd be something more realistic. Um, so Josh Brolin brought that, and he definitely got buffed for this role. Um, I just I, I'm remembering yeah, all the the Cable. I'm remembering all the Cable comics in my head, and now all I keep seeing is Josh Brolin every time I think of the the comics. So I'm really excited for it. Um, we kind of got some more set photos of him and Deadpool. Um, of Cable in action in the street holding this huge gun. Um, so Josh Brolin has me hyped next year for him as Thanos, destroying universes, and him as Cable, <laughs> fucking up Deadpool's life. So I'm really excited for it. And I lo- I'm loving all those uh, combination pictures of the two of them. Boss Logic just uh, released another one. Um, I mean, it's so amazing that this guy's going to be two huge characters in Marvel Comics in two separate movies completely. One hero, yeah. one villain. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the way he looks. He looks like – he kind of looks like a really angry, uh, ready-for-war Gordon Ramsay, um, if you look at him. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty interesting concept altogether. Caitlin, how did you oh, like the uh, look of him? Were you going to say something, um, Juwan? Oh no no I'm sorry Kayla I didn't mean to cut you off I just wanted to also add um, it went over it went over a lot of people's heads but um, on that one shot where it kind of gave you a full body look that teddy bear was on his waist for a reason all I'm gonna say yes, is absolutely let's not let's not let's not overlook teddy bear there is a reason why someone's name was on that uh, telephone booth in that um, that de- that Deadpool short before Logan. Is all I'm going to say. 
I wonder yep. if we're thinking no, hope no. on that. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, but anyways, yes. Caitlin. Uh, yeah, I think it's hope. I honestly think it's hope. And in which case, I, it, it's not even a matter of if she's going to be in the movie, but who's going to play her. Um, and, and absolutely speculate on that till the cows come home. But I mean, honestly, when it comes to this movie. Um, after the domino picture dropped, I'm like, I I can't speculate on crap anymore because they're just going to come out with something completely different, which is not a bad thing. That, that's not a gripe by any stretch of the... I love the domino stills. Um, and uh, I absolutely, like, I, I about wet my pants. And like, and, like, the internet blew up over that. And I was like, that's a really cool concept, actually. And, and then to put the vitiligo in it and stuff. I didn't get to really talk too much on that last week um, um, about the, you know, uh, was it the race race swapping um, or whatever? Yes. Uh, I think as long, as long as it's done honestly and it's done for an artistic purpose other than just to be, you know, different and it, and it doesn't screw with the character, yeah, go ahead. Do, do whatever you want. I mean, if you have a vision for that character and you think it fits within the parameters of that character, um, you know, Race is, is an identifier, um, but it's not that big that it, it can't be changed, you know, um, to to suit a need for a story. But like I said, you know, you couldn't make Black Panther white. I mean, it's just not a yeah. good idea. But but that being said, um, Josh Brolin, he looks amazing. Oh, he got buff. Uh Yeah, he got buff. Holy crap! I don't know what diet he's on, but it is nuts. Like, I mean, I don't think he has an ounce of body fat on him at all. And did you see that picture that uh, it was that Ryan Reynolds tweeted? It was like uh, Josh Brolin and a kid dressed up as Deadpool, and he said that it was him and yeah. Josh Brolin on set, and uh, and he calls him his little shake weight. And now it's just like I I love, I love Ryan Reynolds. He's just a funny guy. He's he's always been a funny guy, um, and and maybe a little typecasted, but I mean he's got he's got a niche. He's he's just a certain type of branded like type of humor that's just very very sarcastic and and kind of weird but hilarious. And so anyway, more on Josh Rowland. Um Yeah, the internet got really like pissed his pants over. Uh, him doing Thanos and doing um, and doing a, a cable, which I think is just stupid. Because I mean, what actor in the history of ever would be like, no, I'm already playing Thanos. No, don't pay me more money to play this oh, other God, actor I... in this like potentially like blockbuster film with Ryan Reynolds that like grossed a bunch of freaking money when the first one came out. No, no, no. I I have a duty to my fans not to see me as more than one character within two movies in the same universe. Heaven forbid. No, he's just freaking Brolin. He's an actor. He's his own dude. He's gonna he's gonna go where the money is. That's. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, if that pissed a lot of like fanboys off to, to see him in two different roles, I think that just makes him a better actor. I think if you can see him in two different roles and and forget that he's Josh Brolin, then he's a good actor. Then I mean, if he wants to challenge his craft that way, go for it, man. Like I'm I'm psyched. I'm psyched to see how he pulls it off. So Me that's too. my and uh, 
it, if we could apply the same concept, um, if we could play the same concept to uh, Idris Elba, please Marvel, um, and get him to do something else in DC, for Christ's sakes, that'd yeah. be amazing. Kanan, uh, let me get your opinion before we move on on this whole entire thing. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, as far as Domino goes, I mean, I spoke about it last week. I think she looks great. Uh, she looks even better in the set pictures. Uh, she looks like she's having a lot of fun with the role, so I know she's taking it serious. I think she's going to do great. Um, Josh Brolin really uh, looks like he's embraced the role. So that's what I really love about the characters that really go out there, put the time and effort, and to bring in the best character to screen. And I think Ryan Reynolds has done a, a fabulous job finding actors to, um, you know, to work with in this movie. And I even joked on uh, Twitter about it. I said, you know, uh, I did a gif of uh, of Ryan Reynolds making a face. I said, you know, when you're no longer the most popular character in your own movie, you know, just because, I mean, Brolin and Domino, I mean, uh, Zazzy Beats and Josh Brolin just look amazing so this movie mm-hmm. is going to be off the charts good i think i mean the first one was really good but it didn't have the star power other than reynolds that this one's going to have and i think this is going to be uh, a lot different i think it's going to be more serious i think it will have jokes like the first one but i think this one will be a little bit more serious than the last one so uh no the the bro Brolin looks, looks great i mean i know like i was saying boss logic that uh concept art he put out. I mean, other than the haircut, it was pretty much dead on. Uh, so it looked really good. I, and uh, I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, like I said, I mean, I like that he's embracing the role. He went out, got jacked. I mean, got ripped for it. Uh, he looks great. I mean, I, I wouldn't... Yeah. It almost makes... I love Ben Affleck, and, and I'm glad Ben Affleck's Batman, because he is Batman. But man, it almost makes me wish uh, Brolin had... Uh, I would have loved End to see what it. Brolin would have done with Batman. Yeah, it, what Brolin would have done as Batman, because I think he—I mean, he would have—he's taken Thanos, he's taken Cable serious. Imagine what he would have done with Batman, and I think he would have run with Batman for years uh, if, if given the chance. So yeah, didn't I mean, he turn it down? Yeah, he's gonna, uh, I, I don't I don't I don't remember the reports if he turned it down. I mean, I'm just if he did turn it down, you know, then. You know, whatever. But uh, you know, I I wish that he, um, you know, had gotten, or I would like to see him as Batman. Yeah. Kanan. Yeah. You didn't just say you would have preferred Brolin over Ben, right? I didn't hear that. Right? No, oh no, 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 no. I oh did not God. say. No, okay. I, so I did. No, okay. I did not say that. I said Ben Affleck is Batman. Okay. I'm saying I just would have liked to have seen what Brolin would have if done. If he's intimidating you, Kanan, I can mute him. Okay, he'll get over it. He'll get angry. No, he'll he, cry a no, little bit. Trust me, please, please, everybody out there. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't want anybody else to play him, play Batman anymore. I'm just saying I would have liked to have seen Brolin because the level of commitment he's made to these characters is outstanding. I mean, he's. He's not sleeping Absolutely. on these roles. He's going out there and he's busting his ass to get in shape, and that's a, and that's the kind of actors I want in these movies. You know, you've got the level of commitment from Henry Cavill. Look at Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans. I mean, that's the level of commitment. I don't want some half-ass actor going out there and just doing it for a paycheck. I want them to be committed uh, and bring 110% to the role. And 
I mean, and well, like I said, the thank set, goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness we have been, so we don't have to worry about that. That's for, that's oh, right. <laughs> well, down. you heard it here, folks. You, you heard it here tonight, folks. Uh, Kanan actually would like to see Scott Atkins play Batman over Ben Affleck. All right, let's keep on moving on tonight. Oh. Uh, um, right, it's like uh, no, one's going off in a corner and like praying to his like Ben Affleck statue right now. Oh, yeah, like, yep. like those type of noises are coming Brolin. out. Of shit. Or no, I mean, yeah, but already, already, not, yeah, but Brolin isn't getting the type of uh, banter and and just stuff like Ben gets. Ben just gets hounded and hounded and hounded. Brolin would never have to deal with that. I mean, to that degree, because he's not a a writer, producer, director like Ben is. It's uh, you know, I can see why right. he loves Ben Affleck. Right, let's move on, guys. Plus, he, uh, plus, actually, yeah. the next thing is pretty DC related and has a Ben Affleck quote. Weird. All right. Apparently, Josh Whedon is reported to be completely redoing Justice League's ending. Uh, ben Affleck calls Justice League an interesting product of two directors. All right, the second part I want to address first. I also agree with him without even being on set that I love the fact that two of my favorite comic book film directors, Zack Snyder and Josh Whedon, if you guys think that I always clown on on Zack Snyder for whatever reason, he made 300. I love that movie, Um, you know, when it comes to comic books. I really love Man of Steel. I love his style. I always have. I've always thought that his style was very unique and different. Watchmen was another great movie that he made. So he actually has made a lot of great movies that I like. And I did like BBS for what it was uh, for the director's cut that came out. That was more his, uh, his, what he had originally before he had to cut some stuff out. So I love his style. Josh Whedon has made one of my favorite movies of all time with the Avengers. And even though the second movie wasn't as, it was a little bit of disappointment with Age of Ultron. I'll admit that. He's still one of uh, one guy that understands comic book films. So, for for them to be both, you know, technically have to collaborate on this film, and we're going to see different shots from both of them. I'm very excited to see that. And I'm, I'm, it's horrible to hear what happened to Zack Snyder with his daughter and stuff like that. And you know, I think DC's handling it well. All the guys are praising Zack Snyder between um, uh, Ray Fisher and um, and Ben Affleck himself about how great he was doing and and everything else. And the other part, though, that him redoing the ending, that's kind of unique. <laughs> that's kind of different. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm hoping that the ending is good, but I've heard that Josh Whedon is implementing a lot more lightheartedness to the film overall. So let me pass to you, Juwan. What do you think about all this? Um, I think anyone who's quote-unquote Juwan! Someone, you know? mute. $600. Hello? All right. Well, while Juwan uh, apparently is out, I don't know what happened to him. Kanan, how do you feel? Well, as oh, far as I the was, report goes, I, was, about... I think I was disconnected. I'm sorry. Juwan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's, it's going in and out. Uh yeah, you're you're going in and out. Retry, like call back, see if you get a little bit of signal. I'll send it to Kanan and Caitlin and try to get you back on. Um, Kanan, like I was going to say, how do you feel about all these accusations about Josh Whedon? Oh, I mean, I'm glad that Whedon stepped in. You couldn't have really asked for uh, a better director to step in and uh, help, you know, Snyder finish the film, uh, you know, after that, you know, tragedy. 
Uh, I think a lot of it's getting uh, twisted. Over public. I think a lot of false report. Yes, I think a lot of false reports are coming out. Uh, there, there was like an article back. Uh, Snyder's already said that uh, in, in an article uh, a few months ago that there was that the ending of Justice League was never going to be a cliffhanger. So this new report that says the ending was changed, I'm not buying that. I think this is just clickbait at its finest, and I want I want this movie to be good, and I want it to be credited to both. But I don't want Justice League to if it's really good, then say this was all Whedon, or if it's bad, say this was Snyder. I, I don't want that, and I'm afraid that's what we're gonna. I'm afraid that's what we're gonna get. Um, I don't know. You know, you've got these two. As you know, there's so many sites out there that are saying, "Oh, the the test version was deemed unwatchable," but the same people that said that said they have sources that saw it. Uh, and said it was the best thing ever, and they hated BVS. So it's like, mm, I mean, I'm just not buying it. So people just really need to just not really run with this trash clickbait propaganda that's being thrown out there right now. Uh, I think Ben, um, you know, made a good point, though, that this movie, you know, if Snyder had left and they hadn't got such a good director, then this movie might be in limbo. Like we may not even be getting a justice league. Uh, or if we were getting a justice league, it may be a terribly unfinished version. Uh, so I think people just need to wait, see the final product, enjoy the movie and just go from there and stop, you know, turning it into this hate Snyder fest, because that's what it's become. It's almost like as soon as Whedon was announced, we were like, Oh, good. Good riddance to Snyder. I hate him. Why? I mean, dude lost his daughter, and people are saying that. I mean, yeah. why attack him? I mean, and if this, you don't like in movie, you know, sorry, I'm rambling because it just gets me so upset because people no, you're fine. just attack him. I mean, he's. Yeah. I mean, movies are art, and art is subjective. If you don't like it, that's fine, but don't go attacking dude, you know, and and hating on him. I mean, he had a a daughter die. I mean, and just people are using that to fuel these, oh, Snyder's done. He'll never work with DC again articles. It's just, it's, it's disgusting. Well, yeah, I know that, that aspect is completely disgusting. And all I have to say is for outlets like that and people that think like that, just get the fuck out of here. I mean, really, I just, I, I really don't understand to have that perspective when a guy had a tragedy and everyone is giving him praise. When Ezra Miller and uh, like I said, uh, Ray Fisher show up at, at uh, Comic-Con with, you know, Hale Snyder shirts or whatever they had, you know, and, and give him praise and hear Ben Affleck and Henry Cable giving him so much props. Like, you know, yeah, he has had movies that weren't, that were uh, very subjective, subjective in a negative way. It was basically BBS. I mean, come on. So he's done a bunch of amazing films. I mean, his uh, his his remake of Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorite fucking you know zombie films that's ever been made. You know, I think he did it better yep. than the original version. Um, and I, I, I think he gets a lot of crap. If we could just love the fact that two great comic book themed directors get to collaborate on this one concept, that's all that should matter. That is all that should matter. Uh, but is that weird for me to think that, Juwan? Like, what do you think? Can you hear me now? Good. Uh, are you the guy from, um, uh, what, what is it? Uh, Verizon. Uh, Man Verizon. Verizon. No. Yeah. Um, did he jump ship? He went to another company. Yeah, he did go yeah, to Yeah, he jumped company. to uh, T-Mobile. 
Um, no, but honestly, <clears throat> I'm going to say this, Cannon. Uh, from what I was hearing, the ending being redone isn't like a, like, Zack Snyder did an ending, Josh Whedon went, eh, it's kind of shitty, let's, let's do it over. No, it's more so the theme of the movie was a very dark tone. And we've known DC has been trying to get out of that stigma of being that dark. So Warner Brothers said, we got to kind of lighten some of this shit up. The ending was one of those things they had to lighten up. So Josh Whedon kind of went in. They had to redo the, uh, the ending. Now, when I say redo, I do not mean whatever, like I said, whatever Zach had there, they kind of just threw away. There might have been some parts of what Zach had that they kept, and they kind of just worked around some of that to kind of lighten up some of this movie. Um, I think what I mean by lightening uh, uh, kind of giving like a more softer feel, they might add some more humor in. They might not have Wonder Woman cutting a parademon's head off. Like there's just certain things that they probably went back and was like, a Zack Snyder film usually would have this. Let's kind of dial back a little bit from it. But, I mean, even when you watch the trailer, you see everything that Zack had his hand on. Batman on a gargoyle, I'm not giving Whedon credit for that. That's like a Zack Snyder uh, 101 piece right there. Like, that was a a beautiful shot that I I know for a fact Zack had. So, I mean, I don't think a lot of this movie is going to be a Josh Whedon, um, you know, taking credit for. I think the majority of this movie is, is still Zack. You'll still get a Zack feel of it, especially in the action scenes. But I do think there is a portion of this that Whedon took over. Um, I mean, because Whedon, what he did with the Avengers, is the perfect person you want to take over a Justice League film. Um, And Avengers was very lighthearted. So I think he's the perfect person to take control of that. So I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I do also believe the rumors that the ending was redone. But like I said, I do not think it's to the proportions that these other news outlets are making it seem like they threw away Zack Snyder's ending and Whedon completely made a whole new one. I just think they kind of needed to fix a couple things. Whedon did that. It's still going to be a perfect movie. And I bet I, I, I bet Ben had fun working with two of the best directors we have out there in this kind of genre. So I don't think it's anything to be worried about. Um, but I would keep this in mind. Um, remember when the report came out that Warner Brothers gave BVS a standing ovation? And then yep, around, yes. the time the movie, around the time the movie came out, critics were like, yeah, no, this just isn't really that good. So, I mean, a lot of stuff that you hear from people who are saying executives are saying this, I kind of take that with a grain of salt, if it's, especially if it's coming from the executives. They gave BVS a standing ovation. And then a lot of people came out and was like, it wasn't that good. Then the movie came out, and the movie could have been better if whether Warner Brothers was messing with Zach or Zach just couldn't do his complete film like he wanted to. Whichever you want to say the issue was, standing ovation is not what I gave PVS when I left. So, you know, you kind of take those reports with a grain of salt. But from what I heard, they did go through some uh, revamping of it to make it more lighthearted and less dark. Well, yeah, and I completely agree with you. Caitlin, how do you feel about this whole entire thing? Uh, do you think it's a good thing to have a collaboration with these two directors, or do you see it in the opposite right that one should get more credit than the other? Um, 
like I mean, like you all said, I mean, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, so to speak. Um, and I think it was great. You know, I mean, I think I think that that you know it was great that they. How do, how am I going to put this? Um, I am losing my mind. But I, I don't think it was great the situation that brought Joss Whedon on. I thought that 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 was that was just heartbreaking. It's still heartbreaking. Um, I think that they were able to make a really sad situation into something positive, and now everybody just wants to make it more drama than it is. Like it, it's just like. It's not dramatic enough that that the original director's daughter died. Let, let's you know throw some more shit on there, like by you know criticizing him as an artist, um, you know, essentially making light of his daughter committing suicide, um, you know, and then Josh Whedon, you know, and then you know, let's be completely callous and crass. And, and, and start, you know, casting aspersions on, on the movie as a whole and then, you know, throwing out a bunch of rumors and clickbait and stuff and calling it unwatchable. And that That is just, this is the worst part of, like, Hollywood. And not even Hollywood. I, I don't even think it's Hollywood. I don't think it's the artists. I think it's, it's the people who are sitting around who, like, really have nothing to contribute. So they're contributing shit. Like they're like, you know what? I can't come up with a creative idea of my own, so I'm I'm just gonna, you know, just shit on everybody else's work because they're jealous. That's what it is. At the end of the day, it's jealousy. Like I I think that the the people who are, you know, there's a difference between being a critic and saying, hey, I don't think this movie was that good for A, B, and C reasons, and and having like a critical point of view. Um, and, and still knowing that art is subjective. And then you have this other side of thing, and, and I wouldn't even call them trolls. I would just call them assholes. They're just assholes. And and the the assholes on the Internet are the ones who get the most clicks and the most likes and the most, you know, you know traffic because they're saying something completely sad. off the wall. And crazy. Yeah, it is. God, I mean, if you ever get a chance, Listen to the song Good People by Jack Johnson. Um, you know, he's kind of a uh, hippie, but, I mean, it's it's a good song, and it's very telling. It, it just, our, our news stream or media has gotten so inundated with, like, all these just horrible, miserable people who just sit there. Well, yeah, and, like, and have, no. Like, they have, I agree they with you completely. No from, they, like, derive no joy from anything but to shit on everything else. So, I mean, naturally, they want this to fail. They need this to fail because if they if it fails, then it makes them right. It legitimate, you know, it legitimizes all this this vitriol that, that they spew on the daily, um, just to make their dicks bigger. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Psychologically, I I don't get paid to to break down their psyche, but you know what? They need Jesus. Those motherfuckers need Jesus. Screw them. They they can go to hell. I I will make my own damn decision based on my own damn opinion when the movie comes out. I'm I'm not going to go by some clickbait asshole thirteen year old in his mother's basement. You know. No, I I agree with you completely, Caitlin. I mean, it just people have gotten so wretched, wretched. I'll use that word. That they think oh, that. Oh, that's a 
you know, because they're, they're not connected to a certain person, that they can say the worst things possible about that person. And with Twitter, you can go very direct with people. and just It's disgusting how it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. And really, like, a director that's brought us some amazing films, and you just want to get on to them about a comic book competition that you fucking are a part of between Marvel and DC, when real comic fans love both aspects. It's just... It's disgusting how it is. And I hope that everyone that's listening isn't a part of that train. I realize that within our group of the Geek Vibes Nation, we, we have a better standard than that. And we, we, don't, we don't try to attack and act like that. And I'm proud of that factor. I'm proud also with this movie, with Justice League, that I've been looking forward to for so long. Two of my favorite comic book-themed directors and two great directors in their own right are, have a collaboration to create this great film. And I think it's going to be amazing. Because I watched Watchmen and loved it. I watched Avengers and loved it. Collaboration. I don't think it's going to be a bad thing at all. So let's go. We have a couple more topics before we get out of here. Uh, This is a big one, actually, guys. Um, Disney is coming up with a streaming service. They'll be exclusively towards their content. They are pulling stuff off of Netflix as we speak within the next month or so. And Netflix is trying to keep it so that they can have the Star Wars and Marvel content itself. So my question to you is, are you interested in a Disney streaming service with, I'm assuming, all of their animated features, uh, different TV shows they've made, live action and cartoon throughout the past, and would you at least like to see Netflix be able to keep the Star Wars and Marvel content? Note that they have the Netflix uh, uh, Daredevil and all those other Marvel Knight characters. That's already in contract. They have those. But like, would you like to see Netflix keep those, or would you like to see Disney gain everything altogether? And do you really need, think that Disney needs a streaming service? It's kind of like very similar to the DC streaming service, except for Disney. Let's start off with Kanan. How do you feel about this? Would you pay for a Disney streaming service? I would really have to wait and see you know, what their exclusives would be, because I don't. I wouldn't pay for it just to watch... Uh, their movies because I already have you know I either have them on digital or I have them on Blu-ray. Um, I really would like to see uh, Marvel. I mean Netflix keep the Marvel series, uh, but I mean if Disney goes out here and they start doing a lot of uh, exclusive programming for Star Wars, like a lot of spinoff shows, uh, they, if they did uh, more Marvel spinoff shows, then that would be great. I mean then I would really um, you know pay for that. Uh, but I guess I would just have to see what their model would be and, and how they would keep it. I, I mean, I think right now Netflix is fighting to keep the uh, the Marvel, so I, I think that's fine. The Star Wars stuff, I wouldn't really, you know, I mean, one way or another, I don't really watch Marvel. I mean, uh, Star Wars on Netflix. Uh, so, I mean, if they take that off, that really doesn't matter to me. But I would like to see them keep um, keep the Netflix Marvel series uh, for now until we see – uh, you know, what's going to happen. Because I know a lot of people aren't too thrilled with it, uh, with that decision. But, I mean, we just have to wait and see. I, I don't know if this is in, like, d- a direct response to what DC is doing. I don't I don't think it is, but, you know, a lot of people were speculating that. So I think, you know, I think you, I think you might see a lot of uh, other companies go that route. You know, Universal might do that. Fox might do that. Uh, you know, that way they have their content exclusive. Um, you know, to their, you know, to their stations. That way, they're getting paid for it. 
Yeah, Juwan, how do you feel about this whole entire network? And is it going to get to the point where we're going to have so many networks that even if you're off the grid as an off cable, you know, because you don't want to pay that amount with the WWE network, with this Disney network, with this DC network, with Netflix, with Hulu, is it going to get to the point where we're going to be paying as much money no matter what? And how do you feel about if possibly Disney were to bring maybe uh, a uh, Knights of the World Republic uh, show towards their actual Disney network. What do you want to see? Um, well, for Marvel, uh, and this is for Disney, I mean, not Disney, I'm sorry, DC also, for people to really be completely behind putting money behind your uh, uh, streaming service, you can't give us the same stuff we uh, we originally had on Netflix because we'll just find other ways to get it. So if I'm DC, I'm bringing all the old Batman animated series, the Superman animated series, maybe some of the Adam West stuff. I'm bringing every and anything that I've ever had show-wise, cartoon or live action. Every DC movie? Yes, every DC movie, all of that to my streaming service. If I'm Disney, I'm bringing Spider-Man the animated series, X-Men the animated series, all of those old cartoons, all of the, you know, um, Avengers... um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I'm bringing all that to my streaming service. And on top of that, I'm creating a Knights of the Old Republic. I'm creating a Darth Maul series. I'm doing all these things that make someone go, you know what? $15.99 or $10.99 or whatever they decide to make it, this is worth me getting. Um, Because like you said, if everyone starts to do their own streaming service, it'll get to a point where I'm just like, well, if I can get most of this shit on, like, cable, I'll just stick with cable and just watch it once every week instead of all, you know, when it releases all at once. Excuse me. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of like a weird thing that you don't want to happen to where people are just like, well, fuck it, I'll just stream all this stuff instead of putting it on AMC or putting it here. And it's like, well, I'm not spending money on 18 different streaming services. You guys got to get your shit together. Exactly. Um, but for Disney and DC, in order to make us who work really hard for our dollar want to put money into your streaming service, you can't give us the same shit we could have just had on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon or whatever. You have to bring us everything you've ever created um, show or movie-wise to your service. So if I wanted to dedicate a whole day to DC, I have everything DC's ever made, cartoon-wise or live-action-wise, on that streaming service. So I go, this is definitely worth whatever money I'm paying for. It's a very good point. Um, Caitlin, have I asked you on your opinion on this? Uh, No, you have not. Um, And I think that maybe you hate women, too. Um, (laughs) Whoa, whoa, kind of. You all love the ladies, and uh, you treat me very well. Uh, before anybody knows, thinks like anything but a joke. These are very nice, upstanding young men. Um, so, thank you. Uh, as a, you're welcome. As a mother, um, as somebody who, I mean, I pay for Hulu, I pay for Netflix, I pay for, you know, this and that and the other, and, and iTunes and Amazon Prime, and and and. If it, give me a break, Disney. Come on. Like, oh, my God. Like, I, like it, it really, honestly, at this point, I'm just like, dude, I don't want to spend another month. Like, like that's the thing. It's got to it's gotta be something impressive, like like y'all were saying. It's got to it's gotta blow me away. 
it's going to be exclusive content that I can't get anywhere else that's super awesome and wonderful and, and you know, it's like glitter and hearts and rainbows and shit. Um, well, I don't well let me ask you something, uh, Caitlin. With the fact yeah. that this is going to be a Disney service and giving Disney cartoons mm-hmm. – See, that seems like someone, you know, with a child, obviously, like you do, uh, of, her, of her age, that that might be actually something maybe for you more beneficial than us if they only do Disney uh, content, cartoons and stuff like that. Is that something that you're looking at but realizing it's still ridiculous or what? Well, you know, um, honest, honestly, you know, I would rather her not sit and watch cartoons all day. Like, granted, you know, moderation and everything, being a parent, like, you kind of, you know, like, I don't want to, I guess, glorify that that mindset that she should be spending her whole day doing nothing but watching TV. Like, I, I would like her to be over the age of 18 before she can make that kind of decision on how to spend her time, um, you know, and, and teaching, you know, teaching kids time management because they're, they're little minds are just absorbing things every day. And, and I don't want her, I want her to know how to think, not what to think. Um, and in that vein, um, you know, it just seems like so superfluous to have like, oh, 24 hour on demand streaming cartoons, I mean, big, you know, BFD. Like I, I have that, I have that with Netflix, you know, I have that with Hulu. Um, I have that with, you know, I, I can go on YouTube right now and pull up, you know, an old school, really actually, or Vimeo, that's another one. Um, and, and I can pull up all this stuff from those from those sites or, or services. And, and is it Disney? No. Um, I, I will be really pissed if they take away, like, Star Wars or Marvel content. I think that'll be a really bad move because then they're alienating people. Because, honestly... Even if they move the Marvel and and um, Star Wars content over to their their special you know magical network, I'm still not going to pay for it because it's just one more thing I got to pay for. It's a pain in the ass, and I can get out like like Kanan said, I can get that on you know my Amazon. I can get that on DVDs that I've collected. This is the same bullshit they pulled with the Disney Masterpiece Collection, and they only. Yes. Release the DVD at a certain time, you know, like when the damn solar eclipse is happening or the planets are aligned. <laughs> it, it's, mar- it, it's a marketing gimmick, and at this point, it's insulting because they have played this game for so long, and they still think it works now. We've gotten wise. Well, not, we not only that. Not, not only that is the fact that we realize, all of us, we know Disney – Disney, if they think this is going to be uh, something to do, and they think they can make money off this, guys, it's going to be at least eleven bucks. Like, if this was like five ninety nine, it would be one thing. But even even if it doesn't have the Marvel and, and, and Star Wars content, they're going to try to charge ten ninety nine. I I guarantee you, because Disney will start off with that and then go down based on viewers. Yeah, I mean, they, if they. I love the Disney films. I love the Disney films. I love, you know, I wasn't thrilled when Marvel and Star Wars, you know, went over to, you know, Disney or whatever, because I'm like, oh, God, you know, I, I, I just don't like putting all my eggs in one creative basket, so to speak. But, you know, it happened, and I'm adjusted, and, you know, I'm, I'm living quite comfortably with that. Like, you know, I, I, don't, Absolutely. I don't care. Like, it is what it is. 
Um, it's business. Tandon, what were you about to say? I'm, oh, I'm sorry, Tandon. Yeah, oh, I, I was just going to finish it. Well, I was just going to say Disney, I mean, D- Disney definitely has the money to do this, but I, they need to realize that this isn't going to be this off-the-rip successful thing because, I mean, uh, you mean, you brought it up earlier, WWE. I really thought that they would have no problem getting subscribers. It took them, what, a year and a half to get a million subscribers? Yep. And, I mean, wrestling is not the – not at the level it was years ago. But, I mean, you've got all that great content, all the old Monday Night Raws, WCW Nitros. I mean, you would think that that would be a great incentive to buy it. But, I mean, this company is, like, giving away months and months at a time of free. So, for Disney to pull all their stuff at one time and just think that everybody's going to rush to buy this, they're dead wrong. They're going to have to show that they can put out exclusive content that we've not seen. Like uh, Juwan said, you're going to have to bring all the old stuff back. You're going to have to put out, uh, like, you know, a whole, like, Ghost Rider show and, uh, you know, I mean, just all kinds of stuff that people want to see because if it's just the same stuff we've already seen, no one's going to pay for that. And people are going to get sick and tired of paying $15, $16 for this streaming service Absolutely. and this streaming service and this streaming service. You might as well just go out and uh, uh, pay for DirecTV or, or Comcast. I mean, it'll be it'll get ridiculous. I agree with you, and um, I mean, it's we'll, we'll have to see what Disney incorporates with this, if they have their own exclusive Marvel uh, stuff mm-hmm. while, you know, Netflix does their thing because of their contract, and Star Wars, where that's going to go. It's, it's going to be crazy, and everyone's trying streaming services, so I'll have to find out if their content is worth the price of admission, basically. And uh, we have two more things before we get out of here. We have two Netflix-related uh, things. Let's try to do some more... Uh, a little bit shorter answer, just like, you know, throw out what you guys think about this general idea. Uh, Carl Urban uh, may return for the Judge Dredd Netflix series coming out. There is lots of reports from very, very, um, you know, reliable outlets that Carl Urban's actually, you know, in, in the works to sign up to actually do this in the series. How do you feel about that, Kanan? Uh, I'm hyped. I loved Carl Urban's Judge Dredd. Oh my gosh, that movie was so underrated. I, I'm, I'm serious. Like that movie definitely deserves a sequel in in the uh, you know, uh, in the theaters. But I, I'm hyped for this. I hope he comes back. I hope he's committed to it. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about it. Um, you know, before I, because I, I don't know if they're going to be able to carry that exact tone that the movie had. I hope. But uh, oh man, the movie was great. Did y'all enjoy the movie? Was it something that you enjoyed? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Absolutely. My was like, hey, yeah. hey, we're going to watch this movie, Judge Dredd, and I knew Judge Dredd. I knew the mythos. I knew all that. But he was like, hey, we're going to watch Judge Dredd, and I'm like, I really am not in the mood. And he was like, no, 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 we'll watch it. And so we watched it, and I fell in love. It was amazing. Carl Urban did great. Like like Kenan said, I, I totally agree. I don't know if they'll be able to have the same tonality in a TV show that they would. But then again, I mean, they said that about, you know, um, a lot of different TV shows, and they were still able to pull it off, even with the censors, even with the with the FFA. They were still able to pull off, like, a really good, you know, honest you know, depiction. So who knows? Like, I'm, I'm excited just alone to have the name Carl, you know, Urban thrown out there because he, he, was, he was Judge Dredd. That's my final answer. 
Carl Urban is the reason why a lot of people thought that he would be – well, the Judge Dredd performance, I should say, is the reason why a lot of people thought that Carl Urban would be great for Batman. Back before Ben Affleck was picked, back before Josh Brolin was picked beforehand. Um, how do you feel, Juwan, about Carl Urban possibly playing in this Judge Dredd Netflix series? I want it, I need it, and I got to have it. That's all you need, man. I mean, that's that, that's a beautiful answer. I mean, I have to – I have to have it too, man. I, I would love to see them completely do what they did with that movie in each episode. Just a different block, a different different thing that they have to do as cops, and just completely go all out on it. And with Carl Urban playing that character, it didn't matter if he had the helmet on. He was that badass. So we'll have to wait and see with that. But the last thing with Netflix, Netflix bought out the Miller World. If you guys are wondering what the Miller World is, Mark Millar, or I should say the Millar World, Mark Millar the man that made the Ultimates uh, in Marvel, the man that made Civil War in Marvel, has made also, in his own world, Kick-Ass, which you've seen, um, Wanted, uh, Nemesis, a great story about what if Batman was actually the Joker, uh, and also uh, Superior. Well, apparently Netflix has now bought off those properties and will be now distributing as like a series that they're going to make. I'm assuming very similar to Marvel of like creating each character and actually having them interact within the whole entire world, which would be brilliant, I think. Um, I'm very, very excited about the concept of all these characters from these various series interacting and just to see an interpretation done a different way with the ones that have been established, whether it be Kick-Ass or Wanted, I love Mark Millar as a writer. He's so intelligent, and especially Nemesis, which, please, Michael C. Hall should play the anti... I know it's another time we brought him up, but Dexter should play the anti-Batman. It would be perfect for that character. Um, Let me start with you, Caitlin. How do you feel about the Millar world being purchased by Netflix, and do you love the idea of them expanding on some of those comic book series? Um, absolutely. I've actually met him um, in a uh, long time ago at uh, Chicago Comic Con. And it was when I was in a wheelchair. He was just super, like, after my accident or whatever. He's a super nice guy. I sat and talked to him in the bar of the hotel for a while in Chicago. And, and he he's hilarious. Um, and at that time, um, he was working on, on Kick-Ass. And, and he was like, uh, he was like, here, give me your email. And, uh, and and I'll give you mine, and and uh, and I'll send you some samples of some stuff I'm working on because I'd like to get your opinion. Like he was really nice. Um, granted, he was shit face drunk, so I never got that email. Um, but very thick Irish accent. Oh God, oh, he was just so nice to talk to. Like I like that alone. Like I didn't care that he didn't send me an email. I wasn't offended. Um, just the fact that he, he was sitting talk to some you know cripple girl in in a hotel. Bar around the awesome. fans. Everybody, everybody wanted to talk to him, but he sat down and talked to and, me. It was really cool. And and then and, and what ended up happening? If, if, if you don't, oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Kate? I apologize. Oh no no no! He ended up pouring alcohol in his face that night. Um, I think he actually did an interview and, and mentioned it at one point because a bunch of fans like got all around him and they were like, yeah, and like. And he poured, like, alcohol in his face and, like, some got in his eye. I mean, it was a really interesting thing to see, uh, like, a writer that you really respect. But, I mean, he, he had oh, yeah. fun. He had fun with fans. And, I mean, he's written some of the darkest stuff I've ever seen in my life or, or ever read in my life. Absolutely. But he is, he well, is no. like, genuinely 
very nice guy. Well, not only that, I mean, he also was the predecessor to Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison actually took him under his wing, and he worked with him for Justice League when he did in the 90s. Then Mark Millard would take that cinematic formula and make the ultimates, and that's why you see that in comic books is those two styles of how they get the artist to make it look like a movie shot for shot. Very much his his concept. Uh, I can't wait to see some of these things adapted. Juwan, are you excited to see a nemesis? or even a kick-ass reboot uh, show on Netflix. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, it, it's going to be Short very interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah, and that's all you really, you know, either way, it's you're excited, but even if you're excited so much, well, a couple words that need to even make that. Kanan, how do you feel? I think it's a great opportunity for Netflix. Uh, I think that uh, Malar World has a lot of, uh, different stories that people are, aren't aware of. and I, I would like to see Kick-Ass, but one I'd really like to see Netflix adapt would be the Superior comic by Mark Millar. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, so it's, it, I think that would be great. It's almost, uh, it's almost like a take on Shazam, but it's, it's done a little bit different. But to me, I think that would be a great adaptation for Netflix. Great point. And to me, I think Nemesis is, is my number one if you will. I've been wanting to see Mark Millar's nemesis done the movies, but if it's done in like a series like this, I think that would be fine. Like I said, it's Batman, but if he was actually, a, you know, had the reverse concept, if he was the son of two mobsters that both killed in front of him and he decided the cops were evil and one after that. So who knows uh, what we're going to have to deal with, uh, with that whole concept. I think it will all be positive, and I love uh, Netflix for actually doing this and purchasing this. But we had a great show, guys. We went over a bunch of stuff. I want to uh, thank and let my, uh, my cohorts uh, sign off. I'll start off with Caitlin. Thank you, Miss Ice Queen from Alaska. You have a wonderful evening. I think it's daytime still there, but still, sign off. It's, it is almost 6 o'clock. I'm about ready to make some dinner and uh, kill some more bears. So y'all have a nice night. Those bear killings. All right, well, Kanan, uh, same thing with you, man. Thanks for joining us, and uh, have a wonderful evening, buddy. Sign off. You too, man. Appreciate it. Uh, everybody keep on doing what you're doing, and uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter for more exciting stuff. Nice to sign on Assassin Ever. And then, of, of course, Senior Auto One a.k.a. Juwan, the creator himself. Juwan, you have a wonderful evening, man. You too. Have a great show, guys. All right, and that is it, guys. We had a great show tonight. We enjoy all the love that we get from Geek Live Station, and definitely keep on joining us every week, Saturday, from 8 o'clock until 10, and next week we have Michael Rosenbaum. we got to play Lex Luthor and The Flash. Thanks so much. Join us next week. And always, keep it keep vibing, motherfuckers.